Hey folks, Andy Patton here, joined today by Gonzaga Bulletin Editor-in-Chief Vinny Saglimbeni. Vinny and I are going to talk about his recent article about a Gonzaga player and what it has been like to be a student in Spokane these past couple of years, all right here on the Locked On Zags podcast. Don't go away. You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zags podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, ready to take you through another season of Gonzaga hoops. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. I also want to thank all of you who've made this podcast your first listen of the day. And of course, those of you who have checked the show out on YouTube. If you have not yet, go to youtube.com, search Locked on Zags, hit that subscribe button. We're over 300. We're shooting for 500 subscribers by the time the Zags cut those nets down in March. So you got plenty of time to get in there, hit that subscribe button. I really appreciate it. All right. No longer burying the lead. Today is a very special episode of Locked on Zags. I am joined today by Vinny Saglim. Benny. Vinny is the editor in chief of the student newspaper at Gonzaga, the Gonzaga Bulletin. He is also one of many, many members of Gonzaga Twitter who is a fan of the San Francisco 49ers. That seems to be a very popular trend among Gonzaga fans. Uh, Vinny, thank you so much for taking the time to jump on the show with me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me on, Andy. And uh, yeah, it seems like the uh, Gonzaga Bay Area presence is really starting to take over here. So uh, it's, it's been pretty... Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's been pretty It's been pretty big recently. Even when mm-hmm. I came, there was uh, a mm-hmm. decent amount, but there's even you know more coming. So uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk today, man. Thank you again for having me on. It's nice to meet you too. I think this is our first time actually like formally like meeting and everything so yeah this is how people meet these days is is through through zoom through phone calls like this yeah (laughs) Yeah. i'm really glad you got the time uh glad we could make it work i blame stephen carr uh the former host (laughs) on zags for all the 49ers uh fandom amongst hey we went to the same high school so oh really uh, yeah i went to this yeah i think he was graduated in 2013 and i was 2018 Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. very cool great guy too great follow very great guy yep absolutely um, Vinny, before we get into some of the Gonzaga stuff, I want to talk about a recent article you wrote. I want to talk uh, about this Gonzaga team, obviously, uh, and how they've been doing this year. But I kind of just want to ask uh, what kind of got you onto the path of sports journalism uh, in the first place and obviously how you ended up uh, in this role uh, with the Gonzaga Bolton. Yeah. So um, I've always told myself since I was a little kid, I wanted to I want to have a job where I can watch sports for free and write and talk about it. I think that's, it's just a stupid job to have, but also one of the greatest jobs you can Mm -hmm. ever have as an individual. Mm -hmm. Um, So that kind of all started and along with some other like things like my family, like my dad's a team doctor for the San Francisco giants and the San Francisco 49ers. He's been doing that for a minute now and getting the chance to kind of have those unique opportunities to meet those professional athletes. I wanted to do that, but also I wanted to do it on a different level where I got to express some of my strengths. And one of my strengths I believe is writing. So mm-hmm. I started 
really my journalism journey at Gonzaga my freshman year. I didn't really have any um, like traditional journalism classes in high school other than like an intro to journalism class that mm-hmm. I had uh, my senior year. And then I also did some uh, live radio shows like towards the end of my time in high school too that I did. And um, then I got to Gonzaga to just taking some of our classes through, through the curriculum and then through the word of mouth of some people like um, our old managing editor at the time, Ian Davis Leonard. And then also uh, my guy, Jackson Frank, that mm-hmm. um, reached out or Ian had reached out and asked, Hey, maybe you should, you know, join the bullets and staff as a staff writer. So then I ended up joining on staff as a the second first semester of my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Then the following semester, I was hired as uh, um, the sports editor. And then I mm-hmm. was in that role for three semesters. So spring of 2020 and then all of 20, uh, and then spring of 2020, fall of 2020, and then spring of 2021. I think mm-hmm. that's the right succession of time. And then yeah. uh, last semester, I was the managing editor. And then this semester, I'm acting as editor-in-chief so that's kind of a long-winded answer of like uh where i'm at kind of now no it's very cool and i think you know for for me seeing people and their kind of progression in this career uh you know as somebody who who is you know a freelance in my career and not an established professional i think one thing that i like to see other people who are who are aspiring in this career do is really branch out and try to do as many different avenues like i expected to be a writer and I still do write, but I didn't expect to be a podcaster. And even when I started becoming a podcaster, I didn't necessarily expect to be on video. And now I'm on video every single time that I record. I literally post yeah. a video of myself talking about sports every single day. That's not something that I necessarily envisioned happening. And I like it and I'm happy about it. But I think it's like, especially when you're young and you're just starting out, like doing every little bit that you can. And I know you have experience doing some radio. I know you have experience doing writing. And I just, it's really cool to see uh, Gonzaga give opportunities, multiple different ways to have opportunities to expand within that career. Obviously we talked a little bit about Jackson and how he's, you know, being a very successful writer about the NBA doing his dream job and a former guest on the show. For those of you who missed that episode, it was a fantastic one talking about Zags in the NBA. But I, I just it's cool to see how this program at Gonzaga has really put students in a opportunity to succeed in the sports writing and podcasting world, because it's a tough world to, to really kind of find your footing. Yeah, it definitely is. And, and I think the thing that made it, you know, even more special for me was that I didn't come to Gonzaga for this program. Mm-hmm. Like I, I wanted to go to Gonzaga, um, you know, being a kid from San Jose, California, growing up in California, mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to get out and kind of yeah. start my yeah. own, you know, chapter and in my own life and be at a different place. And Spokane ended up being the perfect mm-hmm. city in the sense that it's not too far away from home. It's only like right. a two hour flight or whatever it may be, but it's right. also far enough to where I can be on my own and kind of right. create that kind of independence. So it's been a very unique opportunity for me. And I think, um, yeah, and you make a good point there. I think our, you know, sports writers that are coming out of Gonzaga are doing a lot of really good things uh, mm-hmm. and off into the future. And I think we got some other, you know, younger guys leading up as well. So yeah. I think it's just um, it's been really fun to kind of see how it's all been 
developed not just from my personal end but seeing guys like you know jackson where they're at now and then also mm-hmm. um some of our younger guys and you know mm-hmm. the future that they have in store for them and yeah and kendra andrews who is a former yeah exactly player. right yeah. like yeah. yeah yeah kendra's having a really successful career covering the golden state warriors now for espn yeah. um I wanted to kind of transition to talk about an article you recently wrote uh, for the bulletin yeah. about Matthew Lang, a uh, graduate or transfer. Try that again. Walk on. <laughs> yeah. Walk on Matthew Lang for the Zags. Of course, uh, we've all seen him. He's the taco king. He's the one who gets us all yeah. tacos every single game. Uh, you wrote a fantastic piece about him, about his journey to Gonzaga, about his what it's like to be a walk-on. I'm wondering if you could just kind of talk a little bit about how that piece came together and kind of what what maybe you learned about Matthew Lang or what you learned about the Gonzaga basketball program and how they treat their walk-ons uh, through writing that piece. Yeah, so it's funny. The The article was actually supposed to come out a couple weeks earlier, mm-hmm. um, but like I was slack. I'm going to be honest here, I was slacking a little bit. And I wasn't like <laughs> getting in on time. And so, um, you know, thankfully with the, you know, grace and patience of my sports editors. They gave me the extra time that I needed. And Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so it was great, honestly, talking to Matt and just getting to know him kind of on that personal level, just because I don't Mm -hmm. think, you know, with walk-ons, obviously it comes like not as much playing time as a normal player, but they also don't get as much media Mm -hmm. attention as well. Um, And these are some of those guys that are, I think it's safe to say now Matt Lang is a fan favorite amongst the Gonzaga uh, fan base and just, getting to talk to him, seeing just all the different connections of how he got here, how um, like originally, like when Gonzaga was, when he, around the time, like his senior year, Gonzaga was actually showing up to his games, but not for him. Mm-hmm. For They're actually going for his teammate, uh, Kamaka Hepa, mm-hmm. who ended up going to Texas and then transferring to Hawaii. But uh, coach Michelson, who just happened to be also a, uh, alum of Matt Lang's high school both of them went to Jesuit high school had kind of you know let him know of this preferred walk-on spot and you know he took that opportunity and it was just talking with Matt just talking about the experiences that he had like getting the chance to go um to Maui that freshman year kind of being that um that freshman year going against Duke and he actually played against uh Played against RJ Barrett and that Monteverde team while he was at AAU and he beat that team. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a fun mm-hmm. little story too. And just seeing, I think the main thing that I got out of that is just seeing how much respect his teammates have for him mm-hmm. and those kinds of walk on guys. And I think it's obviously easy to say, like just looking at it, just like looking at it raw, it's easy to say that Matt Lang for people to say like Matt Lang may not be as good of a player because he doesn't get as much playing time, but mm-hmm. I think the players on the team and the coaches understand how good and how important he is and a player like he is to um, those main guys that are getting those reps. Mm-hmm. Like Matt Lang's get it, like those guys that don't get as much playing time, getting all those reps on that scout team. And mm-hmm. so he's helping uh, those other guys improve in other areas that um, they need like, Matt mm-hmm. Lang, like that's the thing too. Matt Lang is not a bad player. Like mm-hmm. I don't think people like mm-hmm. people don't tend to understand that, and it's because and it's just unfortunate for him, just because the guys that are in front of him are just mm-hmm. better than him, right? Yeah. When you can get and Matt Lang understands that, and I think mm-hmm. that's something that is very telling of him as well. He could have easily gone off to a different school, and he'd be getting mm-hmm. PT 
at another school, but he decided to stay committed to Gonzaga for the experience for wanting to, you know, stay in a winning environment. That was something he had said as well. Like I'm a competitor. I want to win. Why would I go anywhere else? Gonzaga wins literally all the time. Right. So it's like, uh, it was just really cool to see that behind the scenes, uh, um, it was behind the scenes with him and seeing the impact that he has on his teammates was really awesome to get to get to feature on him. Absolutely. You know, I think Gonzaga has has done such a good job at finding these preferred walk-ons. Yeah. You know, obviously we had a Rem Bacamas, you had Jack Beach, who Matthew talked about in his in this article about him being kind of like a mentor for him in, in, in how to handle walk-on life. And I spoke to Jack a couple months ago uh, on the podcast as well. And, and you know, a super talented high school player in Torrey Pines and Matthew Lang was obviously super talented at Jesuit. And to be able to get guys like that into this program uh, and playing in and playing these really significant roles, uh, particularly in practice uh, is, is a testament to the coaching staff for, for realizing how important that role is. And you touched on something that I really wanted to talk about, which was also kind of one of the final lines in your article was about him. He's planning to take his final year of eligibility. Correct me if I'm wrong on this, uh, but he was not exactly committed to whether that was going to be at Gonzaga. And as much as we would love to have Matthew Lang back because he's fun and everything like that, I would love to see him transfer. And just because I want to see what he could do somewhere else. I don't know where he would land. I, it would be difficult to, for other teams to necessarily get a good read on how good he is, you know, if, if uh, other D1 schools are looking at him. Um, but I've wanted to see one of Gonzaga's walk-ons do this and go somewhere else. And and again, if he stays, great. But if he goes, I'm curious kind of your thoughts on like, could he go somewhere and like legitimately play ball somewhere else and kind of what that might look like? Yeah, no, I think he's more than capable of doing that. I mm-hmm. think there's a lot of teams that could use a guy like Matt Lang on their team, mm-hmm. even if he's not like, even if he's not starting having that, like, you know, first mm-hmm. couple guys off the bench to stretch out the floor. Like, right. I think that's something that a lot of teams could really use. And mm-hmm. uh, it'll be interesting to see where he goes again. I don't think it's a bad option either way, whatever he right. decides to do. Um, but yeah, and it, that's another cool part about it too. Not just like the basketball side and everything, but kind of the more intellectual side and like how like organized and kind of planned like Matt Lang mm-hmm. is as an individual. Like he has the plans to go, um, yeah. uh, you know, get his CPA in accounting. So he's mm-hmm. a super smart guy too. And being able to, especially accounting program at Gonzaga, I got a few buddies that are in that program. Yeah. It's not the easiest program no. for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, seeing that and just, I think another thing too is just seeing the rewards that he's been able to get um, for his time and for his commitment and his hard work, like getting that uh, semester long scholarship that sophomore year. And then it was funny right after I released the article, he texted me like 10, 15 minutes after saying like, I don't know if it's too late or not, but I actually got put on scholarship again this semester. And I'm like, Matt, you are not late at all. Thank you for letting me know so that I can update it and everything. And um, Mm -hmm. so and that's the kind of player that, you know, Gonzaga would be retur- getting back next year or another team is getting just someone who's, mm-hmm. you know, committed to their craft, a hardworking individual that has some skill and that has been improving with each year that he's been yeah. in this program. And so a lot of teams could really benefit with having Matt Lang on their roster. Absolutely. Thank you so much to Vinny for joining the show today. We're going to come back in the second segment. We're going to talk about what it's like being a student at Gonzaga, something that many of the people listen to the show have experience with, but probably have not experienced uh, 
the same way that Vinny has because of what has happened in the last couple of years. We're <laughs> going to come back. We're going to talk about that. Before we get there, though, I want to tell you all about Bet Online. There might be less football being played, but BetOnline.net has way more stuff to bet on this playoff season. From scores, totals, and player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. All right, segment two, still Andy Patton, still locked on Zag, still here chatting with Vinny Zaglambeni, the editor-in-chief of the Gonzaga Bulletin. Vinny, I want to pivot away from talking about Matthew Lang and talking about uh, the journalism career path that you are on. And I want to talk a little bit about just Gonzaga in general and being a student. I graduated from Gonzaga in 2013. I know vast majority of my listeners are Gonzaga graduates as well from a variety of different times, but uh, it's it was a different time to be a Gonzaga student than I think ever before. I, I don't think there's a whole lot of debate about that. Your perspective on being a student at Gonzaga will be different, and I want to kind of just hear a little bit about what it's been like, especially for you as a student who's from who's not from Spokane, who's not from Washington. You know, it, it must have been more of a challenge with the pandemic and with everything that kind of. When, has gone down the last couple of years to kind of still be engaged with the Gonzaga community. What has that been like for you? Uh, yeah, it definitely has been a little bit different, especially mm-hmm. being from the Bay Area. You know, mm-hmm. everybody, I mean, is obviously bigger in size, but, you know, you get, you're get you comfortable with your surroundings that you're in before. And um, coming to Gonzaga obviously was a bit uh, different, but I think mm-hmm. it's through this whole thing. And I think what a lot of people have been saying through the pandemic is that um, there's been a lot of learning opportunities for myself and for Mm -hmm. others. And um, it kind of just leads you to, um, you know, not take really take those moments for granted uh, if what you do have and everything like that. I know from, you know, the student journalism side, getting the chance to um, cover games in the kennel last Mm -hmm. year, that was a very unique thing that we got to saw kind of just, watching those games without the kennel club and without the fans there and everything like that. It was definitely a little weird. And like Mm I, I two years in a row, I had the um, opportunities to cover the tournament taken away because of the pandemic. One Mm -hmm. uh, that first year, obviously sophomore year um, when the pandemic first started, I was scheduled to cover the first two rounds of Mm -hmm. the um, tournament and they happened to be in Spokane. Right. But the whole tournament was canceled during the pand- because of the pandemic. And then last year, I was at the Seattle airport on my way to fly to Indy to the Final Four when I mm-hmm. got a call from the school mm-hmm. saying that I tested positive for COVID. So oh, then geez. I had to drive back. Long story short, mm-hmm. I had to. I got a rental car from the Seattle airport, drove back to Spokane, and had to cover the UCLA game right where I'm sitting right now in my room. And I just had no, and it sucked too, because 
my housemates were watching the game and the TV was ahead of my stream that I had. So <laughs> when I looked at the score, it's like 93 to 90. I'm like, mm -hmm. and my roommates are going nuts. And I'm like, yep. what is, what is going on right yep. now? And then yeah. I see the the greatest shot that I've ever seen in the greatest game I've ever covered. Yep. Just yep. Jalen Suggs banking in the half court shot. And I just, mm -hmm. I didn't know what to do. And my buddy, you know, Asher Ali, who was our editor in chief last semester and, mm -hmm. um, one of my good friends, he also writes for um, the all the Gonzaga Sports Illustrated page that's yep. been coming up recently. Um, he had texted me after the game, and he was just like, how did you cover that game? I'm like, <laughs> dude, I don't know. Yeah. I still don't know how. And so mm -hmm. that's kind of all just to say you kind of like – like I said, you got to take those – don't take those moments for granted. Really take yeah. advantage of those opportunities to, um, uh, you know, really – create those relationships that you want to create so that you can remember them in the long term. And although it's been difficult to do these past couple of years and even now a little bit, um, I don't as crazy as it was to say, and as much as it's unfortunate that the pandemic had to happen um, mm -hmm. personally for me, I don't think I would change any of it because I don't know if I would be the person yeah. I am today without those uh, kinds of things happening. Yeah. It's, it's wild. It's, it's one of those things that, it, it happened so long ago in the sense that like every, yeah. you know, everything's different. Like my, my career is completely different. My path has, has changed it. And that's the, true of so many people, but it also feels like it happened so recently. And so <laughs> yeah, I know it's really difficult to kind of gauge, gauge all of that. Uh, the, the last question that I had for you regarding kind of this topic, Vinny, is just about as, as a student at the school, seeing, you know, a, a year go by where students were not allowed to attend sporting events, obviously that impacted basketball more than any other sport because of its popularity on campus. But now that that has changed and students are back, has it, have you seen hesitation from students to go back to sporting events? Like it's not as important to them. Is it the opposite? Is it like everybody wants to go to games because they, they really missed out on it last year? What has kind of been the, the mood and the vibe for for Gonzaga athletics now that students are able to, to return to, to going to events. Yeah. I, I think the gauge that, you know, as a student, I feel from the, from athletics is that they want to have, they don't want to go back to what it was before sure. and they're taking every, you know, precaution necessary um, mm -hmm. that they need to do to make sure that there are fans in the, um, in the arena. And I think mm -hmm. students want to try to get out there as much as they yeah. can as well. And especially, mm -hmm. obviously that's easy to say for the seniors. Um, yeah, true. That, you know, with their last year and everything, but you know, in particular with the sophomore class, they never, this is their first year as well. Yeah, that's true. Kind of going to getting the chance to go to the Kendall. So that's mm -hmm. one year removed of when the, their opportunity to go. And I think everyone is, uh, taking advantage of um, while being smart as well, taking advantage of the opportunities to mm -hmm. go see this team as much as yeah. they can, because this is, uh, this is a very, very special and unique team. And I don't think people at, and in particular, this team and uh, mm -hmm. seeing all the superstars that they have, everyone wants to try to see as much as they can. And, um, I think students are really taking advantage of that opportunity. And mm -hmm. I think it's, you know, awesome to see uh, fans back in the kennel again, seeing zombie nation going, everybody going nuts. And yeah. I think it's also rewarding for the other fans that aren't students to kind of see those students yeah. in yeah. that environment again, because yeah. um, 
to have a little bit of that sense of somewhat normalcy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think is is something that everyone needs right now. Absolutely. And just Thursdays and Saturday nights in the kennel are just something that a lot of fans really look forward to. And mm-hmm. I think a lot more people are being appreciative of, especially uh, students. Yeah, without a doubt. Well, let's talk about that team, uh, the, the special team that these students are getting the opportunity to see back in the third segment, because uh, the Zags look pretty dang good right now. And yeah. I think there's a, there's a lot of conversation about how far this team can go. And I want to have that conversation with you uh, when we come back in the third segment. Before we get there, though, let's talk about today's sponsor, Rock Auto. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, like is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Plus, Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you could need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpets. I just had my 13-year-old car serviced recently, and I can tell you having one place to find all the parts I need makes things infinitely easier. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. All right, segment three, still Andy Patton, still locked on Zag, still chatting with Vinny Zaglimbeni, Saglimbeni, excuse me, of the Gonzaga Bulletin, Vinny. We talked a little bit about how fun it is for the students to be back in the kennel and witnessing this team. So let's let's talk about this team. Let's talk about Chet Holmgren, the Gonzaga Bulldogs. The biggest question, I think, on everyone's mind right now, based on Mailbag Monday questions that I'm getting and the, com- the conversation on Gonzaga Twitter, two things. Does this team have what it takes to win a national championship? And are they better than last year's team? I'm curious your thoughts on both of those topics. That's 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 funny to say, just because I think these two teams, like looking at last year's team mm-hmm. and this year's team, they're different, but they're also mm-hmm. kind of the same. Yeah. Um. I I know it's and I know it's easy for me to say as a Gonzaga student, but objectively speaking, I find it hard for this team to not be a title contender this year. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just I just looking at and one thing that I you know talk about with in terms of mark few what he does every super well every single year is uh man management and getting getting everybody to buy into their roles and i think mm-hmm. uh, everybody is really doing that now um and i think seeing the differences between last year and this year i think a more integrated role for Na- andrew nemhart has been beneficial for this team mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and Obviously, understandably, he didn't get as much time last year because of Jalen Suggs. But right. I think now we can kind of we're really able to see how good of a player Andrew Nemhart is and how important of a player he is to this team. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of just being that calm, calm facilitator for everybody, and um, and then obviously with the likes of Drew Timmy, uh, one mm-hmm. of the best centers in the league, and then you have this you know eighteen year old tall seven foot 
kid from Minnesota named Chet Holmgren who's just <laughs> uh, watching last night's game and seeing what he does. I don't, I don't think I've seen him have a bad game this year. And I think one thing that is even better from Chet is actually, um, you know, a response that he had to one of your tweets. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was about, uh, um, he was just Mark Few had some you know comments about how um, even with Chet having that good um, that good game at halftime at that point there was still stuff that he could improve on and Chet took full accountability of that in that mm-hmm. response to your tweet and I think that's yeah. just something that he could have easily just been like you know I'm I'm Chet Holmgren I'm gonna be the number one pick next year I don't mm-hmm. need to improve or anything like that but he's looking at himself and he's knowing that he wants to be at that next level. And he wouldn't mm-hmm. have, you know, had those kinds of concerns if he didn't come to Gonzaga in the first place. So I think that's just been something that, you know, this team I think makes them a little bit better. There's a little more fight. There's a little more mm-hmm. hunger in this team. And um, they're maybe not as like athletic I don't feel like maybe, but there's mm-hmm. also your athletic players that, you know, are coming off the bench more so. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that adds another element to this team. And, you know, they're starting to now is the time where you want to start hitting your stride as a team heading into these tournaments, heading into mm-hmm. the WCCs and heading into March. So I think it's a toss up between these two, between this team and last year's team. Um, mm-hmm. But I think I may have to give the edge to this year's team just because of the um, defensive flexibility that they have with, you know, Chet Holmgren being that rim protector. Cause I don't think they really had that true rim protector last year. No, I think that's the, that's to me, the biggest difference between these two teams uh, is the defensive presence of Chet Holmgren. You know, last year's team had Drew Timmy and Anton Watson, obviously, but neither of them are, are really rim protectors. And, and last year's team, Corey played the four most of the time. And he mm-hmm. was good in that role, but not not defensively. He was fine defensively, but but this year's team has the ability to play Chet and Anton at the same time, which is a lineup we've seen a lot of recently with Drew Timmy playing a little bit less. Uh, they have this flexibility with this lineup of Chet and Anton, which I don't know how anybody ever scores on that lineup, to be honest. Yeah. It's, uh, they don't. I mean, <laughs> statistically, yeah. they're not scoring on that lineup very often. That's, that's the yeah. reality. Uh, and, and with the emerging offensive threat that Watson has become, uh, it just gives this team a whole different dynamic defensively. Uh, I wanted to ask you a little bit about the freshman guards, uh, in particular, Nolan Hickman and Hunter Salas. Um, and you kind of touched on it a little bit with Chet Holmgren and his ability to kind of buy into his role. And, and one thing I see a lot of when people are kind of expressing concern about the future of this team is is wondering if players are frustrated because they're not playing as many minutes as they thought they might. And certainly if you were looking at the outside of this program and you saw Hunter Salas, number six recruit in his country, five star, in his class, five-star recruit, uh, first five-star recruit from the state of Nebraska playing 16 minutes per night as the fourth guard, uh, you could understand why people might be like, well, that kid's going to transfer. He's going to leave. Like, why would he want to stay there? And similar thoughts on Nolan Hickman. I don't get the impression that either of those players are transferring at all. And I'm curious, you know, kind of your thoughts on, on those guys kind of buying into their roles and how critical that is for this team heading into March. Yeah, I think it's huge. And I think they, Mark Few, obviously, I think knows that um, mm-hmm. how good these guys are right? Yeah. Like to get it, to get obviously, you know, a guy like Hunter Salas, you know, a five-star recruit just to land mm-hmm. him, but 
It's also Nolan Hickman, a guy yeah. who was originally like that's that's not anything that you really hear a lot. Like mm-hmm. a guy decommitting from Kentucky going yeah. to Gonzaga. Yeah. I don't think like that's that's a very telling statement, I, I yeah. think. And yeah. I think part of that, they kind of understand that their time is gonna come. And mm-hmm. um that could very well be the backcourt next year. And I think they're in a good spot if that's the backcourt next year of Hunter Salas, mm-hmm. Nolan Hickman. And um yeah, I, and and there are there times where they do, or Mark Fee puts them in, where they need to step up in those big moments. And I mm-hmm. think they have, you know, had those moments. I think with Hunter and his uh, athleticism and his mm-hmm. ability to defend and his wingspan, I think that's something that will bring a little bit more of a dynamic edge heading into these tournaments. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, Nolan Hickman and his ability to, you know, create his own shot and, not afraid to shoot the three when you know he feels it. I think that's going to be a big part for a tournament run as well. Is not just you know Hickman hitting three timely threes, but the team in general. Um, yeah. And just having those two guys to your disposal, having two five star point guards mm-hmm. guards mm-hmm. that you can bring off the bench. Uh, it's it's something that you know Mark Few understands and knows, and I think he's used it to their advantage. And you know credit to the those two guys as well for understanding their patience and knowing that their time mm-hmm. is going to come because although they may not have been although they're at different levels recruiting wise compared to past players i think mm-hmm. they've seen what past players have gone through in this system mm-hmm. and see how it has worked for them right mm-hmm. i mean you look at you know i know they're different positions as well but you know really hachimura waited for his time mm-hmm. to develop and now you know, being a top 10 pick in the NBA, that's where yeah. he ended up. Joel yeah. E.I. was a guy mm-hmm. who had waited for a little bit and yep. got his chance. And he was a one of the most important players on the team mm-hmm. last year. And I don't know yeah. if they get to that national championship game last year if Joel E.I.E. isn't where he's at. And yep. so it's just the thing of trusting the process. And I think these players know that. And mm-hmm. they wouldn't have come to Gonzaga in the first place if they didn't know where their careers can go. Yep, going forward because and I think that's just another unique thing that Gonzaga has that not a lot of schools in the country have is um good players that are willing to stay mm-hmm. wanting wanting and knowing that there's so much more that they can get better at um and that's just a very unique opportunity that these guys have and I think they know that absolutely well well said Vinny, that is going to do it for us today Vinny thank you so much for jumping on the show I want to give you a chance to let folks know where they can find you. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see his Twitter handle under his name. But if you're not, uh, Vinny, can you let people know where they can find you on Twitter and where they can find your work? Yeah. So you can follow me on Twitter at Vinny Saglin Vinny. You can follow uh, a lot of my work will be on the Gonzaga Bulletin Twitter, mm-hmm. which is just at the Gonzaga Bulletin. Um, if you mm-hmm. just type it into the search bar on Twitter, you can just find it there. Um, our articles that are up um, will be at www.gonzagabulletin.com. So check out not just the sports stuff that we do, but all the other stuff that is going on on our campus as well. Um, mm-hmm. We got some exciting things coming up. We have a WCC tournament wrap coming up in a few weeks, and then we'll have the national tournament wrap. And then that'll be just kind of a lot of the stuff that we do in March in terms mm-hmm. of the sports section is, uh, you know, March Madness and all that kind of fun stuff. So be sure to follow us on there and um yeah thank you so much for having me on andy i had a lot of fun here and uh you know i look forward to you know talking zags with you again uh 
soon in the future heading into these uh, next few months of hoops. Absolutely, Vinny. Thank you again for taking the time. Uh, check out the Gonzaga Bulletin if you don't follow it already. Lots of fun stuff coming up there. Lots of fun stuff coming up here as well on the Locked on Zags podcast. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts and, of course, on YouTube as well. Thank you again to those of you who've made this podcast your first listen of the day. Now is a great time to make your second listen of the day, the Locked on Bets podcast. Locked on Bets is your daily one-stop shop for all of your sports gambling needs. Locked on Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. All right. Thank you all for listening and go Zags.